0: welcome welcome to the hello musenberg podcast where people talk about local issues and tell the unique stories of the people of musenberg and now to get you going with this edition is our host wayne turner
2: And it's a very good morning. Great to have you along on the ride in our podcast, our Hello Musenberg podcast. And we are recording at the Musenberg beachfront. Beautiful day. It started off really cold, but uh, we are warmed up now and everyone is uh, ready to rock and roll. Met a bunch of people. It's great to have the podcast here because people get to know uh, more about it. And pe- people like to get involved from a community perspective and to see what is actually happening. We've had a couple of shark alarms. There have been a lot of people out the water, so plenty to talk about and people to talk to. Right, without further ado, it is our regular podcast with my two researchers, (laughs) (laughs) my two partners in crime from the False Bay Echo, two journalists, and we have Yolandi back in studio.
0: Yay. Good morning.
2: <laughs> and, of course, Corin, uh, who Hello. never misses. I don't know if it's just uh, that inner <laughs> broadcaster dying to get out that you won't miss a chance.
3: <laughs> I do really enjoy it.
2: <laughs> who thought? Well who knew? It's, it's great having you ladies uh, in studio again. I think the last two, there have been pitter-patter of rain yes. on the the roof of our... Our mobile studio, which is actually a 1976 VW camper van. It's a 70s. Thing. I'm a 70s child. <laughs> oh, let me just drop something in there. I got a 1970s bicycle last week.
3: Oh, I saw that on your Instagram account. And
2: my friends are so jealous. <laughs> that's so I have a stunning. 70s caravan, camper van and a 70s oh, that's bicycle. That's uh, <laughs>
3: awesome. Well, I'm a 70s model.
2: <laughs> I'm
0: a late 70s model. Oh, yeah. I'm a late 50s.
2: <laughs> November 59, like. But two months, eight weeks, oh, I managed wow. to scrape in. <laughs> right. Uh, this week, we have some interesting items that come out of the False Bay Echo. The way we do it is that we look at some of the stories behind the stories, and we get the the joy, the pain, and just what is actually happening. You can't get that into 500 words in a print edition. So we try to do precisely that. So let's start off with... Uh, a really good news story and that is, uh, is it Kai Peterson? Oh yes. Kai? Yes. Uh, this is quite an amazing story mm. because, well, you you tell us about it.
3: Okay, well Kai is, Kai Peterson is 10 years old, he lives in Fishhook and um, we spoke to him as a Youth Day feature because we want to get um, focus on, on youngsters who are doing amazing things and Kai stands out for a number of reasons. First of all, he has a, a fascination with cars. Well, that's not unusual. Um, what is unusual is that he's not neurotypical. So Kai is, uh, has Asperger's syndrome. Asperger's is part of autism, the, uh, the autism the spectrum. spectrum, but it's very high functioning. They're usually exceedingly bright. And <laughs> and have um, so much potential, so much that they can do, and they become hyper focused on things that they really enjoy. So for Kai, that's cars and videos, and so he's combined them. So now he actually has created his own vlog at ten years old. Wow. The other thing about Kai, which is unusual, is that he is deaf. Well, he has a cochlear implant, he's had a cochlear implant, so he, he does have hearing. So he's legally deaf. But legally deaf. So this is a child who is at 10 years old, um, is breaking barriers and, and, and he's saying the reason he wants to do this is to show people that you can be different, but that doesn't have to prevent you from living your dream.
2: Now that's, that's great that you say that because we had uh, a story about uh, Ashton Davids, yes. Megan Cross came and did the interview, his sister and we just saw the remarkable things this 21 year old has achieved yeah. now it looks like following in his <laughs> dust is another young uh, youngster who's had physical challenges yeah. That is actually doing something about it.
3: It's incredible. So the whole vlog is about. He says he speaks about um, the the differences, how how it feels to be different, and also tells people that it's not an excuse. You can you can overcome. You can be functional. You can be engaged with the world, and you can be inspirational.
2: You know, it came out in Megan's interview. It's it's not, you know, society places the norms on mm. people with disabilities with challenges yeah. and they say this is normal that's not normal but yeah. what came out in with Megan's Megan's interview is that normal is when that person is functioning to the best of their ability that's their mm. normal that's right it might mm. be different to an able bodied person who's normal compared to someone who's confined to a wheelchair But it doesn't make them Mm -mm. abnormal or not normal.
3: In fact, I think if we were to look at this um, from a different perspective and say, those of us who are able-bodied but are not functioning, wouldn't that be abnormal?
2: You're actually disabled. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Exactly. I mean, if you're not functioning to your optimal level... Then what does that
2: mean? Yeah, you know, uh, society gives us all. You know, when they talk about societal norms, mm. I think that is uh, an oxymoron. Yes. The, <laughs>
3: <laughs> what is that? <laughs> You're yeah, right. Yeah, I, it, I ponder that yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> because
2: society is not normal. No, you know? no,
3: and you don't want to actually judge that. On
2: yeah. oh gosh. At, absolutely, and I <sighs> think that if we can, through this podcast, yeah. just identify people. Who are classified by society as abnormal mm. or not functioning normally, and just show them how normal they actually are and how exactly. abnormal society is in its judgments and its perspectives. Yeah. I a long time ago gave, gave, gave up on society and what the society yes. thinks and how I should, should function should and, and ha- what I. And absolutely. Have. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, that's a really great, good news story to start off with, and I think that I'm going to be speaking to his mom. Brilliant. And we'll get him on Yay. on on the podcast <gasps> the and to stunning. chat chatter around uh, some of these these issues, Lovely. and let people know, man, oh man, there is not a normal. Yeah. No. Normal is. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let, let's take a look at the next one. And this is—is is it your story, the Imagine Musenberg story?
0: No, that's that's Karen's story okay, well, as well. Okay, well,
2: well, let's let, let's do your water. The, water, mm. the, water one, uh, the water the water one the water saving story at Was Nibinan that the Musi the messy floods one? Oh, the floods! Yeah, the, yeah. Flood, the the floods. Tell us about it, because one of the problems, me being in radio, we interview disaster management people, and one of the biggest problems they have during these flooding times, the crisis times, is getting people away where the Mm -hmm. where the actual disaster is going to take place and try keep people away from it it looks like nice open ground but as soon as the wet weather hits it is a disaster now this is a similar thing that's taking place in Masi
0: this is it it is Wayne and actually it's 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 not a new problem um this has been ongoing um for many years and the people that are hit the hardest are the homes or or the shacks on the wetlands And I spoke to community leader, Tsepo Molitane, and he said that there were many families affected. Mothers with young children, um, the elderly. And I think the problem is that those people are hit the hardest. Because once they actually vacate their homes, their homes are either, well, completely flooded or what is left of it is plundered. And the problem is when they go back to their homes, they either have nothing or, you know, everything they own is wet and um disaster risk management ha- had actually stepped in and you know they they do provide the residents with parcels they do provide them with alternative living but at the end of the day that's not really a solution because they just go back there's a week of of sunshine and everything's okay and the next week it rains again and it's just a repeat
2: has or have the community leaders acknowledged because what part of the problem in the past has been Uh, They don't acknowledge that this is a problem. They see the land. They want it. They don't want to move off. They take the flooding and the problems as temporary and hoping something Mm happens. Have they now acknowledged that this is not a good area?
0: They have. They have indeed. Um, Earlier this year, or actually last year, the public protector um, paid a visit to Masi And then later this year, or, or earlier this year in April... She paid another v- visit to Massey. And there was actually a, an agreement between the city of Cape Town and the community leaders and the community that the residents living on, as they call it, the wetlands area, will be moved to higher ground, um, if we could call it that, to higher ground. It's actually Earth 5131, of which part is a, a fire station is being built on there. But they will be moved to that area and homes will be built there for him or for them as part of phase four of the city's housing project but that was also supposed to happen um earlier this year and it hasn't happened so they've left it a little bit late um obviously um i'm not sure if they expected this much rain but yeah they've they've left it too late
2: i don't think anybody expected this amount of yeah, rain because definitely. of all the, the mm. crisis we've read about in the newspapers, but. Um, what seems to be the problem that's stalling the, the process
0: that I don't know um I wrote about it when the agreement was signed so I need to do a follow-up on that to actually find out why Judy
1: was boring hello then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com
3: It's my little escape
1: now Judy's the life of the party
3: Oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
1: whoa take it easy Judy. <laughs> The chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Why haven't they been moved? Mm. Because this is exactly what, what Seppo said. He said, you know, the city's committed to doing this. Why are they not doing it? And I think that is, that is the question that we need to ask them and... and see what they say
2: the wheels of government do turn very very slowly we've seen that in the area with the law enforcement auxiliaries that we have been trying to get going Mm. looks like everything's going to happen from the 1st of July new financial year so there are some reasons why but you know when you're in a in a wet shack and you've just been flooded out and you've lost possessions it's very difficult to understand the city's point of view Mm. because you're in that situation all you want is respite. You want That's to be right. able to, uh, you know, just... To be warm and dry and safe. Yeah, I you know, I have a small leak in, in my camper van and it irritates me because I've got to get it sorted out. And I just think, take that and uh, have it coming through my roof and... yeah. You know, when, when our, our, our house burnt down several years back and when we moved back and we moved back and before it was finished, because we had to, we had black plastic over the windows upstairs and the, the eaves in the roof because we had a loft room put in. There was no walls and it was freezing and w- water was coming in and it was terrible. The, yeah. the worst time in our lives. I think people actually live like that. Absolutely.
0: That's right. where
2: the, Where the, they can get flooded out. You know, exactly. running through the... Running through the house. Well,
0: part of the article actually talks about them using old tires and pieces of wood to to construct bridges to get from from one area to another and to get into their homes. And I mean, can you imagine when it's storming outside, all we would like to do is just sit in front of a nice fire and be warm. And here they are braving the storm, building structures mm. just to get into their homes mm, and uh,
3: having children i mean the, the exactly. little children How and the and old people you know the other especially side of people especially the old people and the old, children. Yeah. yeah the other side of this is that that every time it happens there's the mos- a most amazing response from the community but there has to be a different thing in place because mm. I've done stories where, they've, where that's happened. There's either been a fire or there's been a flood. And overnight, the community hall at Living Hope is full of, of donated mm. items. And it always gives me a little bit of hope that there are people who will respond, even though they know it happens every year. Yeah. Mm. Because they know that the people are not at fault, that, that it's situational. And maybe it's the same people giving, maybe it's new people giving, it doesn't matter. The fact is that they do give and um, a lot of the time the problem is that you know sometimes a hall is made available for people to come to for that respite and they get there and um, a lot of them won't actually leave the area that their site is in. Because it'll be taken over by somebody who
2: That's right. doesn't, doesn't mind there. getting wet, That's
3: right. doesn't belong
2: there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and they don't mind doing it during that. They
0: don't want to
3: evacuate their homes. It's a very, very go hard to sp- to I mean, yeah. you walk amongst that and you see the after effects firsthand. And their children, I mean, the last time there was a fire, there was a little girl who saved a family. Tiny little girl, she woke them up. And she said, The woman said to me, if, if my child had not woken me, we would no. have slept through this and we would have been burned. That was a fire. But, I mean, the the floods are the same thing. It has the same knock-on effect. Yeah,
2: because eventually the community does get tired and you start getting exhausted by this happening again. So, gradually there will be a drop-off on on donations, not because people uh, don't want to do it, but eventually that area, the spare blankets that you have and the spare this and the spare that, eventually there there, there is no more. So, the city needs to do something because, you know, you can't call it community fatigue, or whatever. Mm, yeah. You know, it's it's going to. So you need to get in and do something before. You know, there, there, there isn't the help that they need every time Like something like this happens. So, Yolandi, the community leaders are sort of at their wit's end now. With That's this.
0: right. That's right. Because
2: people come to them and say, what is happening? What is
0: happening, yes.
2: You, you don't want them all of a sudden now, that they get to their, their wit's end and then they start burning tires and start doing stuff. That's the thing. Just to get that is the thing, yeah. It must have been yeah.
3: quiet on that front for a long time. Let's hope yeah, it stays you know, that
2: way. we I don't think we realize just how fortunate we are, those of us that have homes or at least mm-hmm. live in decent rented homes. You know, yeah. you so.
3: need to take a walk through someplace like
2: that. Yeah, well, let's stay with uh, water mm. and the <laughs> story from Narina Gardens. Yeah. Gardens. tell yes. us about that. That's Narina Gardens is an old age home,
0: it is an old age home, it's part of the Fishuk Elder Care and it's it's been around since the 60s I believe and what has actually happened um, I did a little story about them last year um, about their water saving efforts and they started instead of boiling um, vegetables they started roasting them they limited the um, the residents shower time etc etc but actually they took it a step further and they got to Jojo uh, tanks that they had put on the property a while back and then the Fisher Garden Club decided to or, or actually thought they wanted to make a donation um, in aid of the centenary and because the chair lady Sue Wilkes's father was in Arena Gardens for 25 years before he died in, in 2000 it was it's the place is quite close to her heart mm. and she decided that they would make a donation Arena Gardens towards another JoJo tank, so they got another one. It's a fifty thousand liter wow um, tank that they they bought with with. I didn't know money. you could get them
3: that big. It's oh, massive.
0: Or is it a five thousand liter? Sorry, <laughs> <I was laughs> it's like, a five thousand liter. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
3: sure. I was so close. Okay. Oh, <laughs> like, it sounds like.
2: Victoria I was Falls. wondering how yeah. what special <laughs> plastic modifications yeah. would be to support that. Okay, sorry, five thousand liters.
0: They've got three, okay. and it's fifteen thousand liters for the three years. Yes. So it's five. It's five thousand. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> and um, they put that up. Um, they've got um, standalone cottages um, in the back of the premises where people live that are. Um, not in need of frail frail care etc and then they've got a three-story building called the Olive Wing and the Olive Wing is home to um, people who are in need of frail care, um, semi-frail care and then able-bodied residents and that tank actually provides the entire Olive Wing um, with water and the eight standalone cottages. Wow. So what they've done is they do have a well point on the property. So they fill up the tank with the well point and then the water goes through a filtration system, um, quite a kind of state-of-the-art filtration system with UV light, etc., etc. Mm. And the residents actually just use it. They open their taps sure. and, and it comes out. It's pumped to, to the, the building with, with a pump and the water's tested every three months to make sure it's safe for, for consumption. And although they are still using municipal water, they use very little water. Mm. Very, very little municipal water. And then they've also brought in other little tricks. For example, they've put clear plastic sheeting on the tables so that they Mm. don't have to wash the tablecloths so often. Mm. So they've put demand taps in all the public areas. So they've really done their bit um, with regards to saving water. And it's, it's such a nice thing because everybody there is so positive about this mm. to them it's it hasn't become a problem nice. to them it is well mm. we found a solution and mm. we're loving it and mm-hmm. that's what we're going with
2: right yeah i always wonder about uh, old age homes and places like that because you don't have the same you, you have different demands than a family of four with two with teenagers that's right because when you're old and you have frail care there's you know, just the hygiene and the mm. sa- keeping everything sanitary, you'd need to use a lot more water. Mm. So, this is a situation That's where, right. you know, people are able to really uh, make make the most of a bad situation yeah. and, uh, you know, also save water for the rest of us.
0: And while I was there, while I was walking around the freestanding cottages, all of the little homes had b- these big dustbins. Um like under the the gutters oh.
2: municipal dustbins
0: the, yes and they were, were catching the water and that's what they use for their gardens and wow. their gardens their little gardens are mm. beautiful with okay. all the little gnomes and the oh, and the so flowers sweet. so oh. they're, they're really making an effort and i think they've done a fantastic a fantastic job at actually doing so mm. oh that's wonderful
2: right that brings us to our lead story karen Imagine Musenberg. Now, lots of us have imagined Musenberg and imagined what Musenberg could look like and imagined... And that's actually happened over the last 25-odd years with it the is. ups and the downs. And we're in such a... It's a renaissance. <laughs> and... But people aren't stopping there. No.
3: No. So what has happened is uh, the musenberg um, Muesenberg Lakeside Residence Association, the chairperson, Catherine Dillon, has... Um, Uh, at at one of their committee meetings um, there's an architect by the name of Stuart Thompson and he made this suggestion because he's an architect and he works uh, with visuals he said, "What you know, if we want change, we have to envision it and we have to take the ideas and and make them visual and let set them out into the community and let people take and pick from them and see what what works so on Saturday afternoon at the Hive, um, there were there were a group of people that got together, but the thing is, the invitation went out to a lot of people, mm. a lot of organisations,
2: uh,
3: and um, of those. But I knew you're going to be there. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'll do your research <laughs> for you.
1: <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
3: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten Lucky? Lucky?
3: <laughs> well, so i okay.
2: work on a saturday uh, well that was my work on a saturday <laughs> yes.
3: yeah i know but it was wonderful because you had a core group of people i think there were 14 people in all and everyone came and the thing about it it wasn't necessarily new ideas although some were some people came and said hey but okay uh one love studio claire and serge a while ago, they had an idea about painting the roof of the pavilion and also the walls, so that as you walk around, the image changes. you know, so that was already a beautiful idea about how to utilize space that is just there mm. um, and it was Julia from a live dance studio who said, "This was an old idea, but why don't we revisit it? Um and then there was talk about the the bathing boxes um. That's been very much in the news, center of attention for a while.
2: It was, then it's it just was, disappeared. It was, kind of quietly
3: yeah. went away. So, Cara Darling brought that up and said, oh, well, nothing has been resolved about this. What can we do about this? How can we utilize them? Let's look at them, uh, the ideas in a fresh way. So, there were a group of people who looked at all the different aspects of Musenberg and chose areas that they would like to see change happen in. Came up with an idea and then... Uh, the, the word that was used was they were going to champion it so now these particular people are going to take these ideas forward and see what what they can actually make happen also it's not a closed thing it's not a done deal these were simply ideas that were put together at the first inaugural meeting so no decision has been made it's just been a, a dialogue and opening the idea to let's look at, at things in a different way the parking spaces yeah how do we do that you know, Stuart said maybe we put up, um, like, uh, you know, we 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 pave the area and we put up uh, coffee shops and mm. things, like, but just really different ideas.
2: Yeah, you, know, you, you you need to have that unrestricted yes. visioning time. Yeah, some of the ideas might be totally ridiculous. Exactly, but play with them. But out of that ridiculous idea might come a set of sub ideas. Exactly that will actually that be far more valid and you can do same but if you didn't have that big picture mm-hmm. and have no restrictions are oh, your ideas going to be considered stupid exactly and I, I don't think you always need a huge group of people you need champions mm, in a community yeah. and if it doesn't if it's not a valid uh, cause and you try champion it it's just not going to gain well, momentum that's it. Yeah, and if it is yes it will be
3: you need community buy-in but you need somebody to post an idea deposit and this thinking so that the rest of the community can say well that's fantastic or no that just doesn't work
2: yeah i think that's one of the keys to the whole musenberg area over the years is that you've you've had people who've had an idea decided to champion it mm. and i mean you look at the musenberg festival exactly that was yeah, an idea stunning idea and as you see the spin-offs i mean we've said it before but we now have a series of, of podcasts. Right. Uh, next week, I'm going to the the launch of the festival at the Hive, and Beautiful. we're going to do podcasts. And every two weeks, we want to have a festival podcast oh, where we can give so updates annoying. of what's happening, and guys like Fergus and, people, and the team yes. can. Oh, you want to know more about it? Here's in essence what it's all about. Great. And so, and that's just uh, four years four, four years ago, a simple idea. Well, let's do podcasts. I think we did two, and nothing happened after that at Live yeah. Cafe, and then it just gained momentum. And out of that, things happen. And I think we, we need to be in that position where we can have the freedom mm. uh, to either let it die or sure. yeah. let it flourish.
3: I love the Musenberg Festival because it also opened the doors on so many people who were quietly doing their thing in the neighborhood. Mm. Mayoli Yes, exactly. But also the artists that are here. And the things that people are doing that that we wouldn't have known about. So now suddenly, because they're part of the festival, you get to know about them, and then their projects take off. Mm. You know what you were saying earlier about um, the idea being stupid. There's a there's a Japanese approach to that which I love. They have a meeting in Jap- in Japan. Everybody gets to spare to to share their idea, and no one is told your idea is daft. Mm. And uh, because the idea is that everyone speaks and 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 they are told at the end of that your idea is great we might come back to that until they find they've listened to everyone's idea and then they can see what can work because sometimes the ideas can you know you take from here you take from there and you blend them but if they say like we do in the western world we say that's a stupid idea mm. you can't go back to it because you've said it's stupid yeah and then there's a whole lot of like Weirdness yeah, around it. So they just say, we're open to all these ideas. And I think that these processes that we're doing are very similar to that. We're open to the ideas. We're listening. We're, we're creating. We're imagining. Mm. That was the word, imagine.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the idea will either be validated by the community yes. or it will just die away. If it If it has no validity to that yes. particular community. And, you know, I think we, we need to watch out with our words and how mm. we, because our words can be very destructive destructive break mm. down things which could actually uh, in the infancy when, when any idea in its infancy is very vulnerable very fragile all you need mm. to say is someone to say well I don't think it's a great idea I think it's stupid Yeah. and the person will especially if the person is not as out there I mean exactly. I, it'll be less destructive to me I'm an extrovert I really right. don't care and I'm going to storm ahead but the yeah. person who is doing that little thing on the side mm. can get destroyed by something like this. I think that's an important thing about community Definitely. is that we, we, we need to uh, lend our support to things even though we might not at the beginning think it's the greatest idea. It might evolve into something different.
3: Well, I think the act yeah. of listening actually creates an opportunity for mm. more flow. So if we actually learn to listen to each other, then it the, 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 the creates that beautiful flow of right. new, fresh ideas.
2: Right. Okay. And then uh, let's do an update on that cyclist from a, cu- was a couple of years back. Was that your story Yolandi? That's right, yes. Uh, who, who was that?
0: Um, it's Mr. Renfrew Brand. He is a Fishuk resident uh, and he is a member of the recyclers um, group for retired cyclists. He was in a hit and run accident on Oak in 2010 mm-hmm. and in that accident he actually lost his leg. Now, what is quite ironic about that is on the day in 2010, when that accident happened, he was actually cycling with Ian McPherson. Mm. And Ian McPherson is the cyclist that was actually murdered um, near the sports fields Mm. while out cycling in March. Yes. And Mr. McPherson was actually the person who assisted him, who called the ambulance, you know, who saw a part of the car, that type of thing. So this year... Along with with obviously the ongoing court process, has has taken quite a knock on Mr. Brand. It's it's been a difficult year for him, and he was he was in another, as you know, he was in another um, hit and run accident last year.
2: Where was that one?
0: That one was between Sunny Cove and Fishhook. Yes, um, yes, on route to that. Simonstown, and he was wearing his prosthetic leg because he had started cycling again. And when he got knocked off his bicycle he actually fell on his leg on the stump with his prosthetic leg his prosthetic leg did not come off and it actually crushed the lower part of his leg so he had to get pins put in his leg and he was recovering really well but um, I think combined with with the stress in March of his best friend um, being murdered and the ongoing trial look police wasn't doing much mm. to, to bring the guy to book and he actually appointed a private detective and this guy I must say was absolutely fantastic and he did a process of elimination, there were cameras at Sunny Cove station and he worked on a process of elimination and he actually narrowed it down to two vehicles and at the end it turned out that the two vehicles that he had narrowed it down to were actually travelling together the car, or it was a Bucky that knocked over Mr. Brand. And the other car was a, a light blue Mazda. And the Bucky actually belonged to a company. It was a company car. Right. But the owner of the Bucky, who was allowed to drive it, wasn't actually driving it. His friend had borrowed it early morning because they were at a party in Mitchell's plane the previous night. So he had borrowed it early morning without the consent of, of the driver. And they were driving towards Musenberg. ...to try and sell or to go and show off the blue Mazda, which they were trying to sell. And in the process of obviously driving together, he knocked down um, Mr. Brandt and just sped off. And the private investigator actually um, tracked him down and he admitted to it. And um, he's been cooperating with, with police in the courts and the court case has been ongoing. And last week I attended the court case... And it was actually due for sentencing, but it turned out the magistrate felt that, you know, she wanted to hear more um, aggravating and mitigating factors. And she called Mr. Brand to the stand. And he then testified about how his life has actually changed after this accident. And, you know, although he's up and running and he's functioning in a, I would say a semi-normal way to what he's used to. His business has taken quite a knock. He's an um, independent security consultant so he can't go out to site anymore like he used to. He can't move as fast as he used to. Um, he can't cycle. Um, that mm, is actually... That was his love. He said that is his biggest frustration because he loved cycling. He's a very enthusiastic and passionate cyclist and he can't do that. So he's suffering from infections in his in his leg and he can't wear his prosthetic leg. And because of that, he's constantly on crutches. And he's, I mean, he's a busy body. He's he's involved in the community. Um, He's up and down. And because of that, his good knee um, is actually taking quite a bit of strain now. And this is obviously quite stressful for his family as well, because it affects them directly. And he did mention to the court that he was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder.
2: Well, being knocked down twice, I think. That's right. And losing your best friend. The strongest of us would be suffering. And losing your best
0: friend, yeah. Mm -hmm and um but he's a remarkable man i mean he's he's strong and he's strong willed and he's got a positive attitude but what what was quite um i think significant about the court case is that he actually suggested to the magistrate that the harsher sentence be given to this man, and she said that that would actually imply jail time and she she said that she didn't think that jail time was a suitable um punishment for this for this guy and because of that reason because she was unsure about the punishment she postponed the case to to the 28th for pre-sentencing reports and she has requested that correctional um, that a correctional officer actually come and evaluate the accused to see if if correctional supervision would be a suitable option or actually uh, community service, because Mr. Brandt, then when she mentioned that you know jail time wouldn't be suitable, he actually said, "Well, community service, where he actually works with the disabled, so that he can get an idea of what these people go through." Yeah. That's right. Well,
2: I think I think a stint at the mortuary as well, where you see the actual the broken effects. bodies yeah. of That's people right. from uh hit and runs in the car accidents. People need to Drink sometimes driving, yeah. absolutely mm. they need to be shaken out of their stupor mm. when they do That's things. Right. Consistently texting while they driving. These things the consequences I know in Australia they've got an amazing uh road safety prevention where mm. they leave the cars out there with the blood still dripping down the sides or dried on the sides. You know it's
3: harsh but it's necessary. It is, absolutely definitely. how do we
2: get people to say I'm going to stop. Yes. You know, so.
0: And that's, that's what he, he told the court as well. He said, you know, we can drive safely and we can take precautions, but we have no defense against reckless and negli- negligent drivers. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a bit of a, a, a sad note to end off on, but uh, it's still it's a, sobering, a sobering note that we need, to, we need to individually look at ourselves and see what are we doing. To stop this, I think we need to have a, a, a program on cycling because these cyclists drive me mad.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's
2: the riding abreast, it's just so dangerous because now yeah. you've got to get out another one and a half meters. I mean, I think the law needs to come into effect. You know, you've got this drive and stay alive and mm. keep in one and a half meters. Yeah. But I mean, I've driven some Saturday or Sunday mornings and more, more cyclists are riding abreast and that's what kills. And exactly. all of a sudden, someone kills a cyclist again and people up in arms they have a responsibility as well. I, I'm not anti-cyclists. I'm mm, anti yeah. the people who break the law, whether it be drivers or cyclists. So mm. I think maybe it'd be a good idea. Fair and, uh, you know, you can get a guy like Mr. Mr. Brand, Brand in yes. and, and chat about it. Yeah, Definitely. Right, we're almost at the end of the program. Let's, before we go, uh, podcasts. Are you listening mm. to any, any podcast? Are you a podcast listener?
0: I am not. But yeah. Karin has been sending me the
2: links. <laughs> so okay. I listen to it on
0: the links. I, I think
2: with her... On, on podcasts yes. and the two of us being avid podcasters, mm. we're going to have to... You've got an iPhone. I do. You have absolutely no <laughs> I want, excuse. I
0: wanted to ask you after the show to please show me because we I will. don't know how it works. It, come, it comes you. It
2: comes on your preloaded, the podcast app on, on with Apple iPhones and they give all sorts of selections but we've got plenty of recommendations. <laughs> uh, my daughter, through the uncle, started... Listening to B, it's called BBC Outlook. All right, really a great podcast. I've listened to part of one. My wife is listening to it, so that's a new one. Uh, I've I've picked up quite a few in the last couple of weeks, and someone sent me one of our listeners sent Mm. me a new link to a podcast. So. That's mm. one that I'm planning to listen to. Besides The Moth, you've got to listen yes. to The Moth. That's one of them you the need Moth. to listen <laughs> It's just story after story. And they're not huge stories. Sometimes it's a story of someone's early life. But uh, that's a really good one. So I recommend The Moth. The Moth. Yeah, I'll so remember that. Just go to Apple Podcasts on your, on, on your iPhone and look at The Moth.
0: I'll remember and, it. It sounds like a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a radio station
2: in the States that the and they have all these different meetups around the world and people tell stories. I of one, the storyteller and yes, interview. I love wonderful. it. <laughs> You've got a new one as well.
3: Well, um, this one actually came from the TED uh, radio. Um, but it oh, sorry, was. That, that's another one, another podcast
2: yeah, I listen to, TED. It's TED a great Talks, one. Uh,
3: and there, this is the radio one, but this is uh, Jill Bolt Taylor. And she's a neuroanatomist. And she's written a book called My Stroke of Insight. And a neuroanatomist who had a stroke who said it absolutely revolutionized view of the world but it also changed her on on she said it was like pushing a reset button on her emotions she said imagine having 35 years of emotional baggage gone <laughs> she was actually <laughs> wow. she's fascinating because she actually took the whole experience and she took her eight years to learn to speak again to walk again she was right from scratch but she regained all of her knowledge and her insights so and now she's written the book about what that stroke felt like. She said she, re- she the the experience of it was so different to the, uh, and halfway through she went, Wow, this is so cool. <laughs> she realized she's having a stroke, and she's, her response is to say, Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's I suppose it also gave the opportunity, that's the, the thing. stuff she did remember, to put it now in perspective. Correct. So stuff she lost yeah. was great, but other stuff she can actually. Uh,
3: it's, um, it's little things like she says to change her entire wardrobe before, she would only wear red, black and white." She said, "Now nah, I love this fluorescent green and I'm wearing denim, which I never wore before." It changed so much. There was that, but you know what, it's not just the individual podcasts, it's like questions that you get from them. The one question that I loved this week was: when is the last time you changed your mind about something? What made you change your mind? Why couldn't you see it from that perspective before? And then the other one, when was the last time you did something for the first time? (laughs) Never. I love those. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, then like say you you can listen to the podcast on so many levels. And uh, then you take those questions. I've got a good one. I did something for the first time this week. What did you do? Our team leader, I
0: do the layout for the paper as well on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And our team leader is on leave. So it was just me and my, my colleague Rashawn and i actually got the opportunity to design the front page of the echo for Yay! the first oh, wow. time Yay! this week Yay! so i'm super <laughs> proud of the paper this week Yay! fantastic yeah. yeah you see um,
2: you see your handiwork there on the front page look at that yes smile. No,
0: my no, story so beautiful. my design everything uh, so I'm, awesome. I'm really chuffed about now, that now everyone it was so much fun <laughs>
2: yeah, i also had an experience where i changed my uh, Wardrobe after a traumatic event. Oh really? There was our house fire. Oh, of course, up.
3: shame. No, that's not funny. Did you, you go naked? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, we had all these donations, and wow. uh, uh, people gave us two and a half thousand. This is twelve years ago. Gift vouchers to oh, be rude. We could spend anywhere. Beautiful. So I, I had mine, and my three daughters came with. I said, "We're not allowing you to go alone." And they <laughs> went with me, and they would literally sit outside the change when I came out and they'd give me a thumbs up, a thumbs down or a thumb in the middle, you know? I and see the
3: shoes you're sporting oh, for Dad. yes, for oh, yes. Father's Day. My my, very impressed. That
2: my my daughters gave wow. me for Father's Day. So <laughs> oh, look. W- w- look at that. Oh, w-
3: <laughs> look at you guys.
2: Yeah we match. But uh it was it was literally Literally
3: uh, <laughs> Both in red shirts and
0: <laughs> black jeans. B- black
2: black tackies, red shirts and jeans. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we got the memo. Absolutely. Uh, I
2: didn't <laughs> but, but you've got the red headphones. Oh, Yes, you got
3: the red Yeah I'm in blue <laughs>
2: Blue and blue. Sorry, you don't get that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but but the, but the point the point is that uh, I had a whole mindset <gasps> change, and they said we're not going to be wearing those funny clothes anymore. Funny clothes? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I, is that I when you be, started
3: wearing hats? Because I like that. No, it
2: was bandanas in those days. <laughs> was it? <laughs> I, only a couple of years ago, I started wearing hats. Well, I like the hats. Yeah, but but the thing is, uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought. No, I I'm, I'm too old to wear those clothes. Uh, I said, no, uh, Dad, it's fine, man. No. You can you can wear those clothes. You can Just look a, a bit. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I'm glad mine wasn't a devast. Well, could have been devastating, as you said. She had this event, and most people, it's devastating. But she changed. Some people never come
3: back from that,
2: you know. Right. Well, our. um, Conversation is deteriorating
3: to
0: <laughs> things that <laughs> yeah. chatter.
2: Chitter and chatter. And we've just hit our longest podcast, 40 oh, wow. minutes. Wow. Wow.
3: That's because we Yolandi's back. Yolandi we is need back. you Yolandi No, we struggle
2: along. <laughs> My we're not, we're not big communicators. We don't talk a lot.
0: <laughs>
2: Say what? Don't get me started. Uh, we'll right.
0: be here for two hours and forty
2: minutes. Do you do you know another side to Corin? <laughs> I do. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I think
0: I know Corin quite well. Yeah, you yeah. do.
2: <laughs> well, thanks again for another successful podcast. I thank love the you. collaboration, print yeah, and you. audio meet somewhere in the middle, and we get to talk about the stories behind the stories. And as you, as Yolandi has given on one of them, the emotion and the pain and and the That's hurt it. behind what, to many of us, was just a simple knockdown of the bicycle, but it had a dramatic right, effect. Yeah. So It's nice to hear those stories, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you.
0: That's it for this show. Tune in next time for another exciting edition of the Hello Musenberg Podcast.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's
3: my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the
1: bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Ch-ch-ch-ch.